Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Okay, we're live now. Welcome, everyone. This is In Conversations with Chana. I'm Chana Weisberg, editor of the JewishWoman.org. I am here joined with a, I don't even know how to describe you, Eliza, just such a heroic, stupendous individual. Eliza Silverstein is Shlucha to, and I'm going to mispronounce it, Chernikov, Ukraine? Chernikov. Ukraine. She is on the forefront. Chernikov. That's close. Chernikov. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to tell us a little about her story and a little about the situation there and where she is now. Aliza, tell us a little about where you are right now and how you got there. Okay. Uh, um, we've been on Shlichas and Chernikov for 12 years. Um, we have a special community, um, warm people, really nice, really open to Judaism. Um, you know, we have a preschool, a Hebrew school, women's classes, men's classes, youth programs. It's, it's a thriving Jewish community. Uh, prayers, Shabbat morning. Um, I don't know where you want me to start here. That's amazing. But- well, where where are you right now? Like, are you are you there right now? Was, I'm sorry. Where are you right now? Okay. So right now, I am in Romania. Right now, I'm in Romania. Um, I hope my internet is okay. In Romania, in a city called Oh, I forgot the name of it. I'll have to look it up. It's right after the border. Um, and we have been traveling for over 50 hours. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! I just like I wanted to give our readers a little perspective. Um, Tuesday, for a well, Aliza, I just want to share. Like I was saying to Aliza that I wanted to interview her, and she's—I don't know how you're so accommodating after traveling for 50 hours with your kids. And she's like, "Sure, no problem." And then I'm like, "Okay, do you have a a, a computer to log into?" And she's like, we left with the clothes on our back. Like, I don't think I, I, I can either even fathom the situation that you're in. I don't think any of us could fathom as much as we're watching and reading and praying for you all. It's like hard to even fathom the situation. So I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Elisa. Yeah, well, it, it escalated really quickly. I mean, I know that American embassy told everyone to leave. They said it's going to be bad, but we didn't we didn't really believe it in Ukraine. They said it wouldn't be bad. Um, I kept saying, well, who parks tanks at the border and says they're going to start a war? You just start a war, right? You don't have tank parking. He's just, you know, playing to get every, you know. And um, we did stock up. My husband said, let's stock up on everything. Make sure you have all your documents. We had a, uh, an emergency suitcase with all our passports and all our important papers in it and some cash. Um, we had that ready to go. We stocked up on food. We bought a generator. You know, we knew things were happening, but we figured... Honestly, we thought Russia would come in, <laughs> they would walk through, and in a day we would be part of Russia, and that would be it. Um, so we, we stopped up, and, and everybody in the community was like, yeah, people are talking, it's going to be fine. Um, last Thursday morning, oh my goodness, I can't believe it was just a week ago, um, somebody called me and said, did you hear that siren? Oh, <laughs> I was sleeping. Um, and that was it, the war had begun. And there was a lot of panic. Um, and we said, no, no, it's okay. God is running the show. It's okay. Um, Thursday afternoon, they were already telling us, now you have to go down. I think it was three o'clock in the afternoon. They said there's going to be bombings. You have to go down. Shootings. You have to go down to um, to a safe room. So we were lucky. <laughs> we have a, a private house. 
which a lot of people do have. And so we had a basement, which is it's not a, a proper shelter. Proper shelter is supposed to have um, be reinforced by metal. But um, it was it's a pretty decent shelter. So we all went down there. And it was fun for like an hour. <laughs> After okay. three, four, five hours, it wasn't so fun anymore. And then we realized we had to sleep down there because there were blasts periodically. Wow. So who, um, who was down there with you? So I went down with my family. Um, uh, I have 10 children. So one of them is in uh, in school in Yeshiva in Dnipro, uh, Ukraine, which is the other end of Ukraine, and the rest of them are at home. So my nine of my children, my husband and I, um, we have a couple, a local couple in the community. They came with their two children, one of whom was five weeks old, um, and another, another man in the community. Um, and so I brought down, you know, blankets and, and stuff quickly. I didn't want to be upstairs a long time because, you know, sure. their boobs. Wow. Um, and that was it. Now we're in the basement and we thought, okay, in the morning we'll be going upstairs. And sure enough, in the morning it was quiet for a few hours and we went upstairs. And then again, after a few hours, we started hearing more of these booms. So back down to the basement. Um, and, and then we noticed that it was getting more intense every day. We were spending more and more time in the basement and the booms were getting more frequent and louder. Um, and I'm sorry, did I lose you? No, we're, we're here. You just froze for a second, but you're, we're here. It's okay. okay. Oh, okay. Um, Monday night, I couldn't sleep. Uh, it was getting more and more intense before, before we, um, you know, we spoke to people in advance. Should we leave? We don't want to leave our community when they need our help. You know, we thought it would be a humanitarian crisis. We would have to send people food and heating. We want to be there for them, but we didn't want to, you know, we spoke, what's the right thing to do? And, um, we spoke to different rabbis and they said, you should be there to help people, but you know, you shouldn't put your lives in danger. And by Monday, I started thinking, this is, this is dangerous. You know, we, we had a Monday night, I couldn't sleep. And I talked to my husband and we said, we have a way to get out. We're getting out. But at this point, we were nervous. Chernikov is on the border, in between the uh, Belarusian border and Kiev. Mm-hmm. Um, and they closed up the city. I'm sure you read about that. There's a siege. And we said, that we can't even get out now if we wanted to. Um, Tuesday, we couldn't go upstairs at all. I would run upstairs and quickly put a load in the laundry or... One day I made my kids smoothies. I would go up, you know, I didn't know how long I'm going to get. Grab my most important thing, a shower. Uh, meanwhile, my kids haven't bathed since Wednesday. Um, and at one point in the day, my husband said, I really wanted to go to the synagogue. They had about 35 people camping out in the synagogue basement, which at that point was cold. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a, a shelter, which many people don't have. Um, he said, what do you think? I don't say. I mean, it was dangerous to be on the streets. He um, he said, okay, well, he's going to call someone else. He called another rabbi in Ukraine who said, it's dangerous. I don't want to tell you, you know, but I'm doing it. <laughs> so he called a different rabbi out of Ukraine. He said, I think, you know, it's dangerous, but I think, you know, you're doing a mitzvah. So off he went. And um, a little while later, he sent me a message. How were you feeling? Well, I was nervous. I was nervous. He, he wasn't home. <laughs> I wanted to be back there. But but again, yeah. I really felt, you know, we're doing a mitzvah. We'll be okay. Um my baby in arms here. Um, and he, um, a little while later, he sent me a message. He said, actually, we can't get out of the city. He just found out we can't get out. Pack up. So that was it. What do you pack? Wow. What do you pack? Um, I knew I had already my documents. I realized I did not have my ketubah, my marriage certificate. I ran upstairs to the edit while I was there. I grabbed my wedding ring. Um, threw clothes into two suitcases that I happened to have in the basement. So, you know, the clothes. Um, 
I had my daughter grab food because I knew that people who had been leaving were very, very long journeys. Um, and I had all my kids with me. Uh, diapers and wipes. And that's it. Wow. That's it. You grab your suitcases and you leave. Wow. Um, I got, I have a double, I have twin babies. So I got my double stroller in. I didn't get a stroller for my two-year-old. It didn't fit in the car. I, <laughs> we, we parked off for the night and I realized I only had one suitcase. So I have, didn't have everything, but I have half of that. Um, oh, so one suitcase for 11 people, you can imagine. We have some, you know, some kids have pajamas, change of pajamas. Some kids do not have pajamas. Some kids have change of clothes. Some kids do not. Um, and we were just so thankful to get out. And actually, we were amazed because we didn't realize that Chernigov was such a hot spot. Um, you hear that on the Ukrainian news. I don't know if you hear that so much on the American news. We didn't know that it was one of the big hotspots. And I had been talking to other, you know, other shlofots and they were saying, oh, you know, it's, we hear a siren. I was thinking, who hears a siren? It just all day booms. Booms, oh my um, gosh. And some quite loud. Right, wow. Um, so we we so, got out of the city. So what was the journey like? Like, how did you how did you get out? You drove out? We drove and, you know, the, the, the miracle here is my providence is we, we never had a car. And just this past summer, we bought a car. Um, cool. So because we wouldn't have been able to arrange a car. Drivers don't want to travel. It's right. dangerous to get out. So we ran into our van. Um, so with your nine home. kids, you're in your van and you're just driving out of the city. Right. We went with this other couple. They actually took two of our kids in their car because we didn't have enough space. Wow. Um, and we drove out of the city. And there were lots of, cho- of, of um, military yeah. checkpoints. Um, but it was smooth. You know, each time we showed our passports, we said we're foreign citizens and they said, okay. And we kept driving and we were amazed that as we drove, you know, the explosions were quieter. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, it's not the whole Ukraine. (laughs) This is a hotspot. Chernigov is really a hotspot. We hadn't realized that. And, um, we, 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 we were hoping to make it to Belarus. We were told that was the best border for us to go to, ironically enough. Um, and we were it's pretty close to us and we were going to go to that border. Uh, but we couldn't obviously go to the one right near us or about an hour away because that's really where the tanks are coming into. Right. So we had to go around through Kiev and as we started going, it was getting later. Um, and we were running into an issue, there's a curfew and you can only be out till 8 p.m. And that's it. I guess you have to park at the side of the road, which is really not a safe thing to do. Um, and we had raced that as fast as we could, but you know, it was getting late. So we um, we realized we weren't making. You weren't making sorry. And we were literally looking to where where can we just get to spend the night? And we ended up in a, um, a campsite. <laughs> there we are, tired baby. She's been traveling for a long time. Yeah, um, we ended up in a campsite right outside Kiev, about twenty minutes from Kiev. There is a shliach who runs this Jewish campsite, and this was the miracle because he has been arranging. Um, groups and groups of people to leave. He had armed transports, you know, police car goes in front and and van, and buses and a bunch of cars. So it was a much safer way to travel. Um, so we joined this caravan of people going out and um, the next day, and that was it. We drove and drove and drove and it's a long time to drive. You know, I, I know the roads, so or somewhat. I know where we're going, and I know it should take five hours. But you know, the first 26 kilometers, what is it? Something like 20 miles. That took us an hour and a half. Um, there's lots of traffic. There's lots of military checkpoints. Although again, 
the most notable check Paris checkpoints we saw was from Chernigo that we had about 30, 40 the first day going through. Um, a lot of military checkpoints, some points, lots of traffic. Um, sometimes we ran into roads and the soldiers said, no, sorry, turn around. You're, you're you know, you're reaching the, the front lines here. You can't go that way. Wow. Um, so we drove and drove and drove and drove. Um, and then eventually we got close to the border. Thank God. And honestly, the farther we got <laughs> closer to the border, the safer I felt. And that was it. We waited for a while and we got through the border. Um, and then we went to Moldova. Um, you know, you don't look the best place to go, the most convenient place. You look for the safest route out. Absolutely. Um, so we got to Moldova. And then from Moldova, which Moldova really doesn't have international flights, um, we were planning to go to Kishinev this morning. And we stopped inside. We, we drove a bit. And then we stopped inside of the road so the drivers could rest a little bit. And then we decided let's spend some time trying to get people out because the situation is worsening. So that took a few hours. I had all my kids in the back seats, the front seats, you know, jumping around. We really would try. We worked on that for a bunch of hours. And then we decided to drive to Romania. We lost you. Aliza, we lo- I think we lost you. Okay. You hear oh, me there now? You go. Now we hear you. Okay. Good. So we drove to Romania. Um, so we drove to Romania, seven-hour wait, and that's it. That's where we're ends now. We, we're in Romania. Um, there's a little hotel here that someone is. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, now I hear you. Now we hear you. Um, a hotel that, that a shliach escaped here last week, and he, um, he's been running this, like, uh, hospitality center. And uh, that's where we are for the night. That's where you are for the night. What are your plans now? Well, the main thing right now is is we have to get community people out. Um, I've just been crying all day. You know, it, it, it's a war zone there. It's Iraq, Afghanistan, and this is my little Chernigo. It's like a little nothing town, 300,000 pop- people population. It, it, it's, it's a sweet place. I let my 10-year-olds walk on the streets. You know, the old lady say hi, and it, it's a war zone. And we speak to people and the fear in their voices and they tell us what's going on. And today they had um, planes flying around, you know, shooting bombs and the attacks. And I, I think it was all over the news. They, they bombed an apartment building and 30 people died. We have friends who live in that apartment building. They lost their farm, but they thank God are alive. Um, it's just, it's, it's a war. And, and I knew a war was coming, but I didn't realize it would be. Well, I didn't realize it was lasting so long, and I didn't realize it would target civilians. And honestly, it's not accidental. They're specifically targeting civilians. The buildings in my city have been destroyed, or, you know, in the center, and kindergartens, and this apartment building, and and just, you know, I had blast work on my whole house shake. It was a five-minute walk from my house, and it's a theater, or it's the the, the children's dental hospital. It it just... uh, and, and, and I just think about these people, hundreds of people, who, you know, my friends, my community members who are back there. And I have a hard time breathing. Um, so we've been trying, trying to figure out ways to get them out. It's really not safe to get out of the city. And one issue we have is that we don't have, people don't have cars. Right. Many, many people don't have cars. You know, turning into a poor city, they use public transportation. So you have to physically get them out. And the drivers, no drivers are driving out of the city. It's just right. way too dangerous. Um, and then there's actually people, you know, find it dangerous to go out. And, you know, we're trying to tell people that once you get out, it's okay. Right. You know, they still have to get through here. But the most dangerous thing is just to get out of the city. But it's, 
it's it's not really doable. So um, I was a mess tonight, and then I read online that there talks of a, of humanitarian corridor. So um, praying, praying, praying that that will work out because we, we made a list. We call people in the community, and we have people sign up forms. Um, so as soon as we have a way out, which is my dream is to bring, you know, many buses in, we can just, you know, message all these people and, you know, have them there in half an hour and on the buses. Um, so, so that, that's our main priority right now is, is to get people out, uh, as fast as can and as many as we can. Um, (laughs) I really hope we can. How are your children dealing with this? How old are your children? Your youngest is in your hands. Okay. So my, well, my youngest, I have twins. <laughs> one's in my hands and one's in my daughter's hands. Um, they're seven months old. And my oldest is one who's in yeshiva, who is um, 15. Is so, he still in yeshiva? Well, the yeshiva evacuated. Um, they are on their way to Germany. They are re-setting uh, up the entire yeshiva in Germany. Wow. And, so, and your other children, like, how are they reacting to all this? Well, I have to really sit down and have talks with them. <laughs> um, when we were in the basement and we would hear bombing, and I would tell them, listen, we're not in charge of the world. God is in charge of the world. And we discussed this many, many times. We're not scared because we're not in charge of the world. You know, Putin's not in charge of the world. It's all God. So God's running the world. It's okay. And, and I really worked on this on myself and talked to the kids about it. And, and so much so that we told them, listen, we're going. They said, where are we going? We said, well, it's not so safe here. And they said, well, hey, God is running the world. We're okay. And he said that he's protecting us. Um, so, but, then, but then it was a lot of panic getting out. And, and I don't know, you know how much they felt that fear of getting out and making sure everyone's okay. Um, you know, they're all doing well. But um, now that we got here, I keep saying we need to have a good session, some good therapy sessions for all of us. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can't even fathom what you're going through. And you're sitting there and you're smiling and you agree to this interview. Like, what are you made out of? <laughs> I um, I, I'm just your regular. <laughs> I'm a regular girl. I grew up in Morristown, New Jersey. I, know, I was just going to say, you grew up in Morristown. Now you're, you, you know, you went through that. You went to U- Ukraine, which I don't think like a regular Morristown girl would, would necessarily go to the Ukraine. Um, um, I love it. I love my community. I love the work we do there. I love the, you know, the special people we work with. Um, I wouldn't say it was at any time the easiest life, you know, there, you know, People would ask me, what do you do in Ukraine? And they would, you know, would you leave? And I don't think I would choose, I would have chosen Ukraine to live um, if I was just randomly looking for a nice place to live. Um, but I loved working with our community. And, and you know, I was so happy there. I'm so happy. I, I'm praying maybe one day we'll be able to go back. Um, who knows what I am praying for. It. We, um, we've been building a mikvah, and we're about two minutes from the complete, two months from the completion of our mikvah. We have, we're up to tiling. We bought all the tiles and the light fixtures. And uh, uh, what can I say? I, I hope uh, we'll be able to go back. What do you do when you feel tremendous, an overpowering fear? What do you do? Um, okay, so this is an interesting thing. After my twins were born, I um, I started to have a lot of anxiety, which I don't usually have. Um, and you seem like you take everything so well. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an easy-going person. I'm not anxious. But I was, I was very anxious, and, and random things made me anxious. You know, having meetings I couldn't handle. It. I started taking vitamins, which helped me a lot. But I worked on being present 
in life, you know, where you're really here. You're not living in the past, thinking about what happened then. You're not living in, you know, replaying the scene in your memory. You're not living in the future, worried about what's going to happen. You're really living here. Um, Rabbi Shaystab has a wonderful talk on it on his on his uh, site, Soul Words, that I've been listening to that. And so I'm really working on that, um, being present. And, and and reminding myself that God is running the world. It's okay. He's running the world. He, he's He's car- carrying me. So I think that that God gave me that anxiety and those issues so that I could be I could be prepared. Because now when it came time to really have what to worry about, I was calm. I was really calm. Um, maybe he gave me special energies. Um, because once we got here and we parked our at all of a sudden I felt such pressure. And I had been talking to my friends, I thought such an interesting thing. In this day and age that we can be fleeing and have uh, internet access <laughs> so i've been chatting with my friends on our trip and they said are you nervous what's going on i said we're, we're making jokes here we're <laughs> having fun i see you're um, smiling and i think it was just a gift but i think as soon as we got here i got i got oh my gosh oh my gosh i pit in my stomach and was that crazy and oh my goodness and what were we thinking and i mean i, I wish we would have known would have you know get everyone got run out a week ago um, I just, I'm praying that we can get everyone out. That's, that's the main thing. But I, I really feel this is the muscle I had to work on. And I, I think it, it's doable for anyone that we just need to, um, this, this faith in God to keep reminding ourselves that God is running the show. And it, it's okay. He's taking care of us. And I think that can apply to, you know, little things in our lives. And I don't want to invalidate little things. Like, I don't think people should be saying, oh my gosh, she's going through a war. And why is it so hard for me to, you know, I don't know pick tiles for my whatever or figure out what I'm going to buy because th- those are things that people are going through and it's okay. You know, I, I saw that when I went through my anxiety, I got panicked about silly things and it- that's normal. Um, and I think these, these, these tools are tools for, for everything. I really think that this faith in God is, I said, I was almost happy that I had to go through this to, to have a chance to give my children and still to my children. I think it's really, what does it mean? You have faith in God. Um, there's a story that the previous Rebbe, when he was in, uh, he was in Warsaw during the bombings when, when the Nazis took over. And at one point he was sitting in a basement um, while bombs were flying around him and there were other people around and, you know, he they kept hearing booms and, you know, hearing the noises whizzing around and, the, you know, explosions afterwards and people were scared. And he said, no, you don't need to be scared. He said, every bomb has its address. And you're not the address. And I told this to my kids many, many times. Um, and and I, I will admit that as it as it got on and as it got more intense and the explosions were louder, um, it got it took more of me to say it. Um, I had tears in my eyes as I was saying these things, but 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 I was able to say it. And I, I really I think it's it's a really valuable tool for everyone to remember to have that God is running the show. He really is. And I, I'm reminding that about the people who are left. He's going to help us get them out. He's running the show. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Like I have no words. I'm speechless. You're just such an icon of such bravery and such faith in, in, in this in this whole situation. A lot of people are asking how what is it about you and other shluchim, like, why didn't they just run out to the beginning? Why were they staying with their community? How did they have that fortitude? What gave them the strength as shluchim of the Rebbe to just remain there? Can you share your feelings with that? Sure. And I'll I'll tell you that we thought about it. You know, it wasn't, 
Of course. Wow, well, we're saying that, aren't we? We discussed no. it between the different, the different levels. We had lots of discussions. And um, we said we're here for people, and it's a hard time. We want to be there to help them. And and how can we leave them? Um, you know, some children said when they first came to Ukraine, they said, we're going to be the last ones to turn out the lights. So, yeah. you know, they're going through a hard time. Now we're going to be here with this. Well, what gives people that ability? Like, what 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 is it in 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 your background, in your understanding that makes you feel that way? Well, I think it's, like, a, it's, it's a, a, I don't know if you're realizing how incredible what you're just saying is. <laughs> it's like so <laughs> natural to you that like, I think, you, I, think sure, it's a like I think it's a commitment to the mission. Um, when, I, when I, when I, before I moved to Russia, I, before I moved to Ukraine, I actually lived in Russia. Um, excuse me, I'm trying to rock my baby while we talk. We actually lived in Russia uh, for a few years until we unfortunately had to leave. We lived in the city called Vladivostok, which is in the Far East. And um, they had other you know, people there that were representatives of Sakhnoli. Um, and they would come for two years. And we ended up only being there for two and a half years. We moved there for life. And we saw it was a difference in attitude. Like we were here. This was our community. And we were here. This is a sense of the mission. And I, I think that it's the same kind of attitude that when we moved to Chernigo, we're here. You know, this is our community. All the Jews who live here are ours. And, and we're just going to work to, you know, to make sure it works out for them and we can help them whenever we can. And, um, the truth is that living in Ukraine, a lot of our community work is not just just the, um, the spiritual, which of course it is, the Torah classes and the Hebrew school and the services, but there's a lot of in, always humanitarian aid. Um, you know, we give out food packages and, and we help people with all sorts of, you know, medical services. People don't have a lot of money in this, you know, we've always been helping them with the, the physical. And and I feel like, you know, what do the Rebbe represent if not, obviously, still about love for other Jews and, and what's love about, you know? We love them, and so we take care of all the needs, a spiritual needs and a physical need. So, I mean, what can I say? I, I spend a lot of hours crying today when I call people and, and heard about more explosions, uh, and I just think about my friends, you know, back in Chernigov, and, and it's just, you know, I love them, and, and I just want them to be safe. So you and so I think it was the same thing, you know, to leave, how could we leave? And even when we decided to leave, all the children had this. We said, we're staying, we're staying. And then as it got more and more dangerous, and, and, and we realized this is really, you know, it's dangerous to be here. We have to go. Yes. Um, it was hard for Shulchan to come to terms with this. How can we go? We said we're here. And ironically enough, the cities that are quieter, they were able to bring out buses of people. Wow. And, you know, that's my regret. If I only would have known a week ago. And those, those of us who were in the hotspots, we just had to run. Um, we didn't have an hour or two to gather people. Um, but... So it was this incredible mission that you felt of tremendous love for another person that made you stay and just, you know, stay in this dangerous zone. Is, is that what you're saying? I, I think so. I think so. It was a mission that the Rebbe charged us with, um, that we're the Shulchan of the Rebbe. Um, I think we do get special special powers as Shulchan of the Rebbe. I do believe that. You know, we're not just random people, but we're, we're empowered. Um, and this is our mission. We're, we're here to help them. Um, wow. And I don't think my mission ends. <laughs> my, my son said, my kids were talking today, and my daughter told me my son was worried that, you know, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do if we have no more community in Geneva? Uh, we said, well, right now we still have our, our shlifas. We still have our mission. Right now we're going to save people. 
and then we can, you know, we'll, we'll be able to come back next. But, you know, these are our people that we're going to take care of. Incredible. Wow. Just incredible. Um, is there anything that you want people to be doing for you, for you, for you, for the Ukraine? Yes. Yes. Um, my main thing would be to ask people to pray, really to pray before we, as we started leaving, I asked my husband, I said, do you think it's safe if I tell people we're leaving now? You know, I want to ask them to pray. And he said, yeah, you can tell them. So I sent a note to a, a, a group of friends of mine um, and to my you know, family WhatsApp groups. I said, on our way out, please pray. And someone asked someone else and that message went viral. And they, they asked, gave people our names and asked them to pray. And we had thousands of people praying for us. And we had such a smooth journey. We really did, you know. We had each challenge in the first. We thought we were supposed to go to Belarus. We thought we were supposed to go somewhere else. We had to be turning around. And then we saw that was because God wanted us to get to where we got have this convoy out. And really the journey went so smoothly. It was very long, but there weren't issues. And I really felt like that was, you know, the protection of all the prayers, thousands of people across the world. And and there are so many Jews still left in Ukraine. You know, I have my friends in Geneva, but all over the place, Ukraine has so many Jews, and there's so many people who didn't get out yet. And and or who can't get out at all. Um, and, and just if people would pray, that would, you know, I really think the power of that to protect these people, you know, help them get out whoever can and protect whoever can. Um, and the other thing is that there, there are fundraisers. Um, a lot of money is needed. Evacuations are a fortune, resettlements. Originally we said, well, we're gonna need a lot for humanitarian aid because, you know, people were telling us they have no food, you can't get food. In. But then once the situation got so dire, it's not even about talking about food anymore for people or medicines. But now we're just getting them out and 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 then resettling, you know. And we came out with the clothes in our back. So I see. I I you know, I need to buy my own new wardrobe for my family, besides for figuring other things out. But you know, um, I had a house full of everything and um, it's protect perspective because um, we know that's not important. Our lives are important. Um so so Um, if people can donate to these fundraisers that you see Chabad making fundraisers, um, it, the money is, is really going to I'm sorry about that. For a second. Oh. Me now? Yeah, now we hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, now we hear you. Not yet. So okay, you're saying great. fundraiser, which um, I think you can yeah. go to Chabad.org forward slash dot. I'm sitting in this hotel corridor and hoping to Sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I missed that. That was a link where you can donate. Right. Chabad.org forward slash Ukraine, and you should find um all the you know the news on the Ukraine and and you know the 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 uh re relief efforts and so forth that are being done. Um, another thing I want to say is that it's, it's been really touching um, to have people reach out to us from all over the world. Um, you know, I've been getting WhatsApp messages and Facebook messages and, and just people saying, you know, we thought of thinking about you, we care for you, people I've never met, or people I haven't been in touch with in 30 years. And, and it's, it's really touching to feel the concern um, for everyone for, for, you know, this is what we're talking about, love for other people, for other Jews, and here they are. They never met these people, don't know them, don't speak the same language, and, and we're so concerned for them. And 
I, I, my personal feeling is that that that's the right thing to do. That's our antidote, you know, to war is just to give more love and care and unity. And and here we are showing it. Um, and it's it's so beautiful and so powerful. Um, and and again, those are things we really can do to pray or to do extra extra mitzvot. Um, you know, tomorrow women can light Shabbat, Shabbat candles and have in mind all these Jews who are still stuck in Ukraine who are trying to get out of France who are, as we speak, driving through the roads and other other Shluchim get driving through the Ukrainian roads and, and trying to get out and hope they do it safely. Um, I have all these friends who are stuck. They, they don't have normal bomb shelters. Um, some of them are in cold basements. Some of them live in apartment buildings and they're huddled in these tiny basements with a bunch of neighbors, you know, rats and mice um some are in in bomb shelters with a thousand other people and they go out when the air raid stops because just you can't stay there so long but it's really not safe some people just say i'm going to stay in my apartment it's not safe the one in my bar my guard in my uh my house they said you can't guard your house anymore i gotta go home they said but our house is a lot safer he said yeah but you know if i'm gonna die i want to die in my own home oh my gosh we have a lot of people like that they said i'm just staying home it's just too much for me Wow. So um, if people, you know, when you light Shabbat candles tomorrow, yeah. just keep in mind all these these people who, um, for their safety, you know, if they can't get up, they should be able to get out. Wow. Incredible. Aliza, you started off in Morristown, New Jersey, you went off to the Ukraine, and now you were a shlucha in Russian Ukraine, and now you went through this war-torn situation, and you are a refugee from this whole Ukraine war, how do you feel? How do you feel about where you've, how you've evolved? I, saying that we're refugees, you know, we keep laughing at ourselves. We keep saying we're refugees and we are, we are. You know, my kids say, I really want my pajamas. I don't have your pajamas for you. <laughs> you sleep in your clothes. And I keep telling them when we get to a normal place, they'll buy you new clothes. Um, you know, they're picking out, I want both pajamas. I, we are, we are refugees. And, um, I can say that I'm proud. I'm proud. Um, I don't know where life's going to lead me after this. And I really hope I can get back. Um, I don't want to think there yet, but, but I'm proud. Um, I, you know, I made the decision that I wanted to spend my life helping other people. And, um, and that's what I've been doing. Um, I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would live through a war. Mm. Um, we, spent, we spent a week in my basement. And we were squashed, 16 of us in there. We had wall-to-wall -wall mattresses in one tiny room, two to three kids to a mattress. Um, and it's the basement. We had a few small windows in one of the rooms there, but we um, covered them up with sandbags. So literally, we had no idea, day or night, we didn't have fresh air. We didn't have any bathrooms in the basement, so we had a little porta potty. But not everyone's excited about using that. So we wait for a lull in the in the in the booms and explosions and quickly run upstairs to the bathroom and run right back down. Um, wow. But but I, I you know, there are people still living it. I'm out and so many people are still living it. Um, you know, I, I think that that things happen to you in life and, and you don't We lost you again for a sec. I hear you. Okay, I'm back now. Um, Things happen to you in life, and um, you 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 don't expect it, and it's just God places where you in your situation that you know where you're needed and your plan that He has for you. 
I, um, I said, I have twin babies. I actually found out two weeks before they were born that they would be twins. And I'm still not over the shock. <laughs> I still look at them and say, how did that happen? And, and I thought I was having one baby and all of a sudden I had two. And it, you know, it, it, it's a challenge having twins as number nine and 10. Um, it's a wonderful challenge, but it's a challenge. And I keep feeling like, you know, God, God chose it. He, he chose me. He put me in this place where, where that needs to be. Um, and I think that's true for everybody, wherever you are in your, in your life. God put you there. You have a mission there. And, and that's what you should be doing. Um, and sometimes we feel resentful. Like, this is not what I wanted. This is not the life I chose. Um, but God chose it for us. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but we just have to, you know, I, I think the resentment is, is not healthy. I really think that the positive attitude is, you know, I've tried both ways and the positivity is much more pleasant for yourself. Um, but I think, I think that that's really the truth that, that God put us here and our job is just to deal with this, you know, whatever circumstances life gave us. Um, and the more you get to know people, the more, you know, you say no one has ideal lives, right? People are going through all sorts of things, you know, health challenges and real and mental health things and financial and everyone has their own thing. And, and that's just the life that God chose for us. And our mission is to, uh, that's what we told the kids today, you know, we each have our mission and at some point, sometimes your mission finishes. And right now our mission's not over. And when it finishes, we get another mission. Mm-hmm. And um, incredible, really incredible. Eliza Silberstein, who is, has joined us from in Romania, where she's now safe with her nine of her 10 children, two of them twins. And she has just fled from Chernigov, Ukraine, with her family. Um, what strikes me the most is that you're sitting here and you're smiling. There's a smile on your face. There's a, such a conviction as a shluka of the Rebbe with such strength and such such a statement of purpose of what you're doing and what your mission here in this world is for. And you have the smile on your face and the strong conviction to still do and to keep going. And that is the most impressive. You're not sitting there depressed or crying or sad. You still have this smile, but you still have a list of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and what you're trying to do there and how you're going to move forward in with your children and with your community and with those who are still left behind, how you can help them and with what you want all of us to do. So we just, we wish you the best. We want, wish you safety. We wish you the best for your community. And we just wish you tremendous hatzlacha and success and all that you undertake to do from that little girl from Morristown, New Jersey to now, you know, the Ukraine and now in Romania for the time being. Stay safe and stay. Thank, thank stay you. Home. And we will get more, as many people as we can out. That's my, my biggest thing now, you know. Just, just get them out. Now, get people out. And may we witness the time when the wars will all stop. Well, and we you can see we have the news that we have many buses leaving from Chernigov. Yes. Wow. We wish you safety. Okay. We wish you your okay. community safety. And we wish us all to be already in the era of redemption of Mashiach so that the world will be at peace for all times. And that this all this 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 will stop. Thank you so much. You're really an incredible, brave, courageous. I mean, I, I just want to share with you some of the comments. So brave, so courageous. All these we're all praying for you. We're praying for your family, we're praying for your safety. And we just thank you so much for taking the time with your adorable little son, daughter. 
daughter daughter with your daughter there to spend this time with us and i hope things will settle down very quickly for you and and, and we'll all this war will end and you wish you safety and wish your community safety thank you so much for joining us thank you for your bravery thank you for all that you're doing and may may it all stop may we all have the safety that we all pray for amen um thank you amen Thank you Thank so you. much for joining us, Aliza. It means so much to us. Thank you.